All right, before we get to our next guest, Nathan Grube, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at the Ben Hogan Golf Company. When Ben Hogan founded his company in 1953, his mission was to make the finest golf equipment in the world, and that remains their mission to this day. They forge every club they make to provide the feel and feedback investment clubs simply can't provide. And their craftsmen micromanufacture each club to your exacting specifications in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. You're only going to find Ben Hogan Golf Equipment at BenHoganGolf.com. Visit them online today to learn about their great products and their great prices. And this segment of the show was sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back with us here on Next on the Tee is Nathan Groob. Nathan is the tournament director for the Travelers Championship coming up next week. Let me remind you a little bit about Nathan's background. He graduated from Auburn University with a degree in mass communications. Following college, he became a wonderful PGA teaching professional. He was an instructor at the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail Academy from 1996 to 1999. He then became the tournament director at the Southern Farm Bureau Classic and the executive director of the First Tee of Greater Birmingham. In March of 2005, he became a, the tournament director at the Travelers Championship at TPC River Highlands up in Cromwell, Connecticut. And that event every year is one of the premier events out on the PGA Tour. And we're very excited to have Nathan back with us again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Nathan, Chris, and Bob, thanks for coming back on the show. All right, now back with us here on Next on the Tee is Nathan Groove. Nathan is the tournament director for the Travelers Championship coming up next week. Let me remind you a little bit more about his background. He graduated from Auburn University with his degree in mass communications. Following college, he became a wonderful PGA teaching professional. He was an instructor at the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail Academy from 1996 to 1999. Then came the, uh, became the tournament director at the Southern Farm Bureau Classic and the executive director for the first year of Greater Birmingham. In March of 2005, he became the tournament director for the Travelers Championship, which is at TPC River Highlands up there in Cromwell, Connecticut. Some of the highlights from that tournament include Bubba Watson's three wins while he was there. And while he's been playing 2017, Jordan Spieth's pitch in from the bunker and sudden death to uh, defeat this past weekend's winner, Daniel Berger. You all remember that with a nice fist or the nice chest bump he did with Michael Greller last year. Tez Revy you know, beat out Zach, uh, Zach Sucker, uh, who's a, uh, a wonderful friend of the show. And also Keegan Bradley was four strokes behind as well. It's one of the premier events on the PGA Tour, and we're very excited that Nathan is back with us again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Nathan, Chris and Bob, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Nathan. Guys, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So, Nathan, it's it's been a crazy year, 2020 and COVID-19 and everything that's been going on. I, I see that, you know, probably no fans at the tournament this year. Bob and I were talking about that at the top of the show. And you guys do such a wonderful job with that golf tournament. Um, Got to be odd. Now, now that uh, you might be looking at no fans, what's uh, what's the status of the tournament? So the, the status is, I mean, it's next week, which is which is crazy and surreal. And I mean, we were down there this morning on the property, the, walking around, and, and usually there's so much construction and so much noise, and you know, it takes us probably three months typically to build everything out, and it's just quiet. And so there's this there's this eerie anticipation mixed with we've never seen advance week look like this before. So 
um, yeah, no, it's been a pretty crazy couple months. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of, you know, other crazier things happening to different people in their lives and with, and with the sickness and with everything going on. But I mean, in our little world, it's uh, something we've never done before. You know, I mean, starting mid-April, trying to plan what the Travelers Championship would look like in this environment. It's um, It's been a first. I, I would say we typically pride ourselves on having every contingency plan thought of, I mean, that you can possibly imagine. And we did not have this one planned for. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you on that. And Nathan, I mean, one of the one of the great attractions to the golf tournament for the players is all the other things that you guys do for them and the, and the way that you really, you know, you treat them very special, um, probably better than just about any tournament out on, out on tour. And now with all of this, that, uh, that's going on, how is that going to impact, you know, what, what the player experience is going to be? How is that going to impact, um, the great work you guys do for charity and the amount of money that you raise for local charity is off the chart. Talk about the impact that it's going to have in those areas. Sure. Uh, I will say this. We've been very lucky over the years with when Travelers came in as title uh, in 06. Um, they kind of, I would say, set a, I would say the expectation of the event of, of us anticipating everybody's needs, trying to be, you know, overly hospitable, really trying to, you know, do everything we could for the players, their families, the media, the kids, you know, the girlfriends, the wife, like everybody, the trainers. You know, we really prided ourselves on taking care of everyone and really trying to think through, you know, which players, kids liked what type of waffles the next year that they came. And, you know, uh, just, I mean, every single detail. And what's been weird this year is we've kind of had to to change our, our hospitality mentality and turn, like, we've traded the word hospitality for safety this year. And every place that, you know, we used to think, hey, how can we be more hospitable? How can we go above and beyond. I mean, this year it's been, how can we be safer? How can we be safer? How can we look back at the tournament, you know, two weeks after we play it and say, you know what, we're proud of what we did. We provided a safe environment for the players, their caddies, you know, the the few media that are going to be on property, um, the staff, the volunteers, like we did this and we did this the right way. And so, I mean, that's, that's our goal. That's been hard for us though, to, to kind of change hospitality for safety because sometimes safety isn't as fun you know i mean you you want to you know you want to do cool stuff and you want to leave gifts in their room and you want to do x y and z but it's just it's not it's not the right move this year and i would say people have responded um i mean the players get it the players understand you know that hey to get back to competition to to be part of you know one of the first sports back and actually be able to compete and just i mean how golf lends itself to to being able to be played in this socially distanced environment. I mean, I think they're taking it very seriously and they know that they have to do this and they have to do this right. And so they are very understanding. We talked to um, to Michael Toth and the team down at Charles Schwab at the Colonial and they said the players were great. You know, they totally understood the the little inconveniences, you know, the the distancing, the mask, the, how food was being served differently, how carts were being cleaned differently, how clubs were being taken care of differently. You know, there's, there's all these layers of things, but, uh, but they said they were very uh, understanding. They just want to get back and play and they want to do whatever, whatever it takes to get back. Bob questions for Nathan. Well, Nathan, we can't thank you enough for coming on these shows year after year, especially this year under some unprecedented circumstances. 
you know, it's a very happy and sad time for a lot of us. For me personally, it's just happy to speak with you, knowing there will be a tournament, and very sad that this will be the first time in 20 years that I haven't been able to really experience the greatness of that tournament mm -hmm. and covering it in person. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Veal from the PGA Tour has been terrific uh, as far as staying in touch and, and yeah, I, I won't say apologizing about things, but giving us the, the, the deal. And we all understand that. But uh, and and also, it's going to be a sad that I won't be able to see your dad. Who, who volunteers dearly and is such a great guy. Please, please send him my regards, Nathan. That, that's one of the things I'm going to miss most. So uh, I will. I will. He's 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 great. I tell you what. He's he's gonna. He, he has a career of being a bus driver someday. He can. He's amazing. He's a, he's a good man. I'm sorry, but yeah, no, I will tell him he said hello. Oh, please do. And and as far as quote unquote coverage from afar for the majority of us folks, Nathan, tell us some of the avenues you've had to explore as far as keeping uh, this as live as possible for basically media members. Sure. So uh, to your point, the tour has, uh, you know, kind of come alongside us with this and said, okay, what, you know, there's a limited number of media. I mean, we, I mean, we credential typically up to 500 media, I think, uh, in, a, in an average year. And this year we're credentialing, I think, 28 at the most. And that's, I mean, the PGA Tour people and PGATour.com and the international media. I mean, it is such a small, small number of people that are going to be on property. And so the tour said, okay, how are we going to, you know, still make content available? How are we still going to, to do this in a way that we've never done this before? And so they're building out this virtual media center where they're putting up all the interviews, they're putting up images, um, they're trying to get as much content as they can up there for people covering. I mean, I mean, the tournament can only be so much without the media. I mean, uh, I'm going to substitute the word media for storytellers. I mean, that's what the media is. I mean, they, they, they look at things and everybody has different gifts and talents and how they write and how they talk about stuff. And, and for the media to bring everything to life is, is a necessary part of professional golf. And so, and the tour knows that. And so to, to give the media in a situation where we can't have everybody together how do they get you the tools that you need to tell the stories that only you can tell? And so how they're building out that, that virtual media center, they're trying to give, um, trying to give everybody, you know, the, the right tools that they need to do their job. So they've been great. They've been working with us. They asked us after um, the tournament last week, they said, Hey, what can we do better, you know, for RBC? You know, how can we change the, uh, the virtual media center? So, um, they're, they're working with us on it and, uh, they're working with you on it. But to the point, I mean, it's, it's one of these situations where I think a lot of people, to your point, they understand. It's like, okay, we, these, especially these first four events without fans, it, it's like, okay, we're, we're lucky to be doing this and everybody's working really, really hard to get to this version of a professional tour event. And so I think everybody feels fortunate to be here and they know that it's not what it was and they know that it's not, you know, the normal, but I think everybody feels very fortunate to, uh, to be, to be here. And Nathan, you having done this for 15 years now, I know firsthand how closely you have to work with uh, all the travelers people and organizers and, and the people that are still involved in it this year. Uh, how difficult has that been in, in this new era of social distancing, staying home, et cetera? It, 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 I know it's a, it's a very strange thing, but you still guys still have to work. So I was telling somebody this the other day, we were talking about it. I am a, I'm a huge fan of a whiteboard. Like when I see a big whiteboard with dry erase markers, like I get so excited, like I'm a kid again. 
like I, I absolutely love, you know, like drawing out, like diagramming, like, what about this? What about this? Like, it is my dream to have my office with four massive whiteboards on each wall. And, you know, and my team knows that I'm always like, you know, what? let's take it to the whiteboard, let's take it to the whiteboard. And so what's been crazy is typically it takes us probably 14, 15 months to plan a normal tour event. Okay. So like, we'll start two to three months prior to that year's tournament. Like there's certain things you just, you can't do anymore that year. So you start working on the next year before you're even into uh, this tournament year. So it's usually about 14, I would say 14, 15 months. Well, what's crazy is we had planned so much of this year's tournament. And then in April, all of a sudden, you know, we hit the brakes, everybody stops. All of a sudden you're creating this totally new version of the Travelers Championship. And you're going to do it in 90 to 100 days. And we're all virtual and I don't have my whiteboard. And I'm just telling you, it was like, you remember those scenes in the penis and Linus, like he had his blanket taken away and how distraught he was like yeah. me without my whiteboard, me without my whiteboard trying to plan this. Like that, that's how I felt, you know, like I'm okay for a minute. I'm pretending that I'm going to be okay. And I'm giving myself pep talks, but I mean, the team, the team has been great. I mean, I, I feel so lucky to have, I think one of the best teams on tour when it comes to just people who love this event, they're committed. Um, they're incredibly smart. They're very disciplined and, they are committed to, to doing this the right way. And so they've been very patient with me as I try to use my virtual whiteboards. And they're like, yeah, that's not going to work. So let's find another way to, to try to figure out what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> so, um, but doing it virtually has been something different in 90 days. So we're doing it without our whiteboards. We're doing it within 90 days. And everybody just rolled up their sleeves. And we, we probably had five versions of the Travelers Championship starting in, in April. It was, you know, initially it was okay a reduced build, right? Maybe we can't build our two largest hospitality venues on property. And we ran all the metrics out on that and how we're going to plan and where you're going to put people and how you're going to deal with sponsors on changing up their ticket packages. And you go through all those speaking points and, and then you realize, oh gosh, okay, now we actually can't build corporate row. So those tents, you know, you just, you, you start seeing these timelines fall and then it was, we can't build corporate row. And then it's okay. Let's reach out to those partners and figure out where we're going to change their inventory and, you know, what are we going to do there? These people are in multi-year agreements and how do you, how do you migrate that? And then it was, okay, we can't build any skyboxes. Like we can't get the steel here. We couldn't get the, the permits. There was no construction. You know, there was, we couldn't actually build it. And it was like, okay, it's just fans. It's going to be like, you know, Augusta. There's just going to be people and bleachers and that's going to be it. And you plan all that out and you're talking to your sponsors, you know, for the fourth time. And then it's, okay, wait a minute, we're going to have limited fans and then we're going to have no pro-ams. And you just kind of see these dominoes fall as just things unfold. And every version of that version of the Travelers Championship had a different outcome, had different implications. And and then we finally got to the point of going, okay, we're going to have no fans, no pro-ams, no infrastructure, no hospitality, no sales, no, to your point, no special events, no Women's Day, no military appreciation, no concerts, no baby showers, no, uh, you know, uh, I mean, just nothing. I mean, we had, I think, gotten up to probably 55, 60 special events that we were doing during the week. And it was all gone. And then we were sitting there looking at ourselves going, all right, how are we going to raise money for charity? You know, like how are charities going to benefit when, you know, we give net proceeds to charity? If there's no net, how do we do this? And so we started having very open and honest conversations with our sponsors our big sponsors, you know, six, seven figure sponsors 
saying, okay, we don't have any inventory for you this year. No hospitality, no tickets, you know, no nothing. What, what would you like to do? And just having a very transparent, honest conversation and, you know, telling our sponsors, look, if you want to make a donation to the tournament charities, we'll take it. If you want to roll your investment to next year, we can. If you want to refund, you know, what do you want to do? And we have been overwhelmed by how many partners have said, here, take our check, have it go to the tournament charities. We understand the bigger picture. We understand what the PGA Tour is about. We understand what the tournament's about. You've been telling us the story about your charities. You, you, you have made the connection between what the tournament is and who it benefits. Here you go. And we have had, I mean, we're going to have a significant donation to charity this year because partners literally are just cutting us a check saying, we know what the tournament's about. We want you to continue to benefit the, you know, 150 charities that you've supported over the years. So, um, it's been extremely cool to be a part of it, to, to see this community and, and, and how the companies and the volunteers, even volunteers, typically we have about 4,000 volunteers. And this year we're going to have, gosh, maybe 200, 250. But a lot of those volunteers had already paid for their volunteer package and done everything. There's volunteers donating their volunteer package money back to charity saying, hey, look, I get it. We're not volunteering this year. Here's my here's my package price, and I'm just gonna you know donate it back to the tournament charity. So uh, when you see that happening round, and you kind of see people that that understand what you're about as as a PGA Tour event, it's it's uh it's pretty cool to see everything come full circle and see that happen. And Nathan, finally, you're well familiar with the weather here in New England. It's been another one of the years where we really didn't have a springtime. We just go from winter right into summer and. Uh, as you know, but I'm just wondering, you said you walked the grounds and uh, maybe there hasn't been as many people playing on it this year. How is the course? And you must always be indebted to the people who are in charge of manicuring the uh, beautiful landscape there. So uh, you, you are so right. So not only the team there at TPC River Highlands that that, that takes care of that every day. I mean, it's a living, breathing, uh, you know, it's alive. I mean, you have to take care of it every single day to get where it is. And then, I mean, go back to the designers, go back to, you know, Malpe and Tweed and, 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 and Die, and you go back to the people who for decades have kind of shaped this and built this and created this atmosphere and created this golf course that really, I mean, can stand on its own. I mean, that, that favors no one player. You know, I mean, I, I always joke about this, the year the Bubba won uh, his first time here in 2010. People forget he was in a playoff with Corey Pavin that year. Uh, when he won and literally standing on the tee, you had the tour's shortest hitter and the tour's longest hitter who after four days sat at, I think it was 14 under or whatever it was. And, and when you have a golf course that can, that can do that and bring out both those types of games, uh, it, it's, we're so lucky to have it and we're so lucky to have it here. And, and I remember Rory after the first time he played here and I think 17 was the first year he played here and he, he got off and he went, I love that golf course. And I, I kind of took it as like, okay, he's just being nice, you know, but that was in June. And then like in September, I heard him on an interview and they said, Rory, what are some of your favorite courses around the world? And he lists off a couple and he said, you know, which one I really enjoyed this year. And I did not see this coming. He said, I love TPC river Highlands at travelers. And then he went on to explain why. And I was just sitting there going, man, we are so lucky to, to have a course that the players love. And I think this year with, without the grandstands, you know, I think players will be uh, be able to to be reminded of that and and to see that. So, I mean, it's going to be it's so different without the fans. But I think the course will stand up on its own and uh, and and put on good show. 
Nathan, just a couple more before we let you go. And you mentioned Bubba Watson, and uh, he's had a great deal of success there. Won three times this past weekend. He ended up finishing tied for seventh at the Charles Schwab Challenge. I got to imagine he's got to be the odds-on favorite. No coming in? So I would say, so our field this year is, I mean, obviously I think with the, with the restart and the schedule, I mean, right now we have, I think, seven or eight of the top ten Right now we have, uh, you know, the top seven guys in the world coming. I mean, guys that like the golf course too, but Bubba, for some reason, this, this just sets up and, and he, he has a chance this year to tie the record and be a four-time champion um, of the event. And he, he probably could have won this already five or six times just because he's always in contention there. And, and he'll tell you for some reason, it just kind of sets up and he, he it, the eye, I mean, his eye, it just, it just fits the shape of his eye and he can kind of imagine his way around the golf course. But I think between here and Riviera and Augusta, I think that accounts for like 95% of his wins, you know, <laughs> some courses that he just, <laughs> he just loves, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I look at, I look at Bubba, I look at, uh, you know, uh, I mean, like I, I look at how Jason Day likes the golf course. I look at how Justin Thomas likes the golf course. Um, I mean, Bryson talks about it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, if you were to say who's it, I mean, uh, Patrick Cantlay. I mean, he's got incredible memories here. You know, shooting 60 as an amateur, as a freshman in college. Um, I don't know, but I mean, it, it's hard to stay away from Bubba. I mean, but it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next week for sure. Nathan, before we let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with everything going on with the tournament, not only next week, but uh, as Bob says, already looking forward to the 2021 event. Sure. Uh, well, I would say, I mean, TravelersChampionship.com is a place you can go and get all information on our charities, on broadcast times, uh, on all kinds of stuff. And then we're on the Golf Channel uh, Thursday, Friday, and then CBS Saturday, Sunday. So, I mean, really, I mean, you can get all that information on the website, but I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good show. Uh, on TV, on radio, and um, I think uh, I think it'll be something that, that at the end of all this, I think we'll be proud of it. Well, Nathan, we can't thank you enough, like Bob said a little bit ago, for coming back on the show again this year. And this is, I believe, the third year in a row we've had the uh, privilege of spending some time with you and talking about the tournament. We hope hope you'll come back again soon and share more of the information and let us know how everything turned out uh, with the tournament this year. Always, guys. Thank you very much for the invitation. We hope to see you in person soon. Take care, Nathan. Thanks, guys. See you, Nathan. Bye. That is Nathan Groove, Tournament Director of the Travelers Championship. Bob, I can't thank you enough for for continuing to bring Nathan back and be a part of the show. It's always a a great time getting to spend some time with him and and learning about all the great things that the tournament does, not just from a a golf fan perspective, but what it does for for the city, what it does for the local charities, because it's a it's a fantastic event. Yeah, he uh, this year, Chris, again uh, with the pandemic in effect and everything, he gave us a real good insight into how this is a totally almost different job for him this year, and doesn't sound sound any worse for wear from it. So, uh, but that's uh, an experienced tournament director talking there, and again, they do as good a job as anyone on the tour, and uh, it does not surprise me how they've been able to adjust to these uncertain times, but uh, we'll be watching it from afar. And again, uh, I'm already looking forward to a year from now. We'll talk to him again on this show. (laughs) Absolutely looking forward to it. All right. Before we get to our next guest, Megan Youngman, I want to give another shout out to our new sponsors over at the McLemore. The McLemore mountaintop community rests atop the highlands of Lookout Mountain, Georgia, overlooking historic McLemore Cove and Pigeon Mountain. 
surrounded on all sides by state and national parks, historic land districts, and private land trusts. The resort features an 18-hole Reese Jones and Bill Bergen championship course, a gated residential community, and a planned clubhouse opening in the fall of 2020, plus planned hotel and conference center. The dramatic 18-hole course is made up of a variety of golf experiences, combining canyon holes, highland holes, cliff edge holes that are well-suited for the beginning golfer as well as the senior player. McLemore also offers a wonderful six-hole short course called the Karen. Designed by Bill Bergen, the Karen provides players with a short warm-up or cool-down before or after a round, or a relaxing way to improve one's game with family and friends. McLemore is located a short driving distance from Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville, Birmingham, and Huntsville, and just 35 minutes from downtown Chattanooga, voted number one best town in America two years in a row by Outside Magazine. While a private course, McLemore offers stay-and-play packages for guests in club-managed properties, as well as a number of membership opportunities, including social memberships, non-resident memberships, and corporate memberships as well. For more information, please visit McLemore online at themclemore.com or give them a call at 800-329-8154.